Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast where we discuss topics of life, faith, and whatever else is needed. For the good of the body. It's for the good of the body. I'm Campbell. This is Cole, and that's Ben. But we will by the time this goes out. Yeah, you can press one of those buttons. This is Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, welcome back to For the Good of the Body podcast. That's our name. For the good of the body. For the good of the body. Because sometimes we ask at the end of word, we say any questions, comments, or concerns. Short stories, poems. For the good of the body, I don't say short stories or poems ever, but <laughs> I do. Uh, and uh, today we have our first guest, first ever on the first podcast. Ever. Could wow. be our last one. I don't know. I know it could, but might be first uh, one, best one. And he actually has a podcast of his own. Yeah, which is one of the many crazy. things he does. One of the many things called Dangerous Men United Podcast. Yeah, plug, plug, bada everyone, bada boom, go listen, go listen, blue check. Verified. Well, he's not only a host of his own podcast, but also an author of his own book, Dangerous um, Men. I was going to say also a mentor. Oh, also a mentor as well. Former and soccer coach. Former yeah. soccer coach, yes. Former ski coach. Wow. My husband. I got a, form, a lot of formers because I'm of, so dang old. A lot of formers. <laughs> yeah. Former, of formers. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cole, do you want to actually inter, do you wanna introduce him? Yeah. Me to do it. No, you know what? You can go ahead and give a shot, and then I'll, if you miss anything, okay, I'll jump okay. In. Yeah. Okay, we have, like Cole said, we have our very first guest, Mr. Lowell Seashore, all the way from Minnesota. That's a long ways. Did that you is. drive? Yeah. How long of a drive is that? Oh, it's about 10 hours. In the Jeep? Yeah. In the Jeep. Easy. Easy. It's a lot Easy of road noise. How, how far is the... No. How's the... How's the how's it's the, so sweet. How's the... Uh, how far is the Colorado cabin drive? More like 14? 16 and a half. 16 and a half. So you, yeah. you don't fly. You like... Well, that's because I have a wife and dog. Mm. And the wife doesn't go anywhere without the dog. So we have to drive. Mm. Gotcha. So yes. do you make it a... One, are you always a one-day trip? Uh, no. Sometimes we... Pit stop. Break it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes we leave like four o'clock and then stay somewhere and drive in in the morning. Mm. But I have a very lovely wife and a lovely dog, so it's worth it. Yeah, yes. there you go. Important things. There you go. Well, Lowell is a. Oh man, I could say so many things about Lowell. Oh, I know. Uh, but I'm not going to say all of them because we're just going to ask him some questions. But Lowell has uh, been a mentor of both of ours. I would say absolutely. Right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. Campbell, uh, a mentor for us for several years now. Not Campbell. Not Campbell. He doesn't count. Uh, yeah. He he comes around wow. sometimes. Uh, he comes yeah, around shots sometimes. Fired. He was at the fire pit last time. <laughs> but I haven't mentored him. Okay, that's yeah. true. I mean, I know from him. afar, from afar, very far. Yeah. <laughs> he has benefited from the stuff you have put out there. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, that's so good. That's, that counts that's a fair for something. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, but Lowell is the author of Dangerous Men. Is that what the book? Is that what we were yeah. calling it? We're still yeah. calling it Dangerous Men. We're we on sixth edition here. Yep. Okay. Man, that's sixth edition of Dangerous Men. And uh, the women's version, Unveil. Unveil. Plugging it. Subtitle to Dangerous Men is? Oh, uh, the key to living a lust free life. <laughs> Close. 
Beginning the process. Beginning. Be- oh, not the key. Beginning, beginning the process. Beginning the process of living a lust-free life. Yeah. And so, what was, uh, would you put it in the ballpark of hundreds or thousands of men that you've, I don't know, invested in, mentored, poured into? Well, the book is probably around 47,000 men that have been through it, but the mentoring part is probably less than 1,000. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Uh, Okay. So uh, would you, for for some people that may don't know anything about this whole dangerous men thing, uh, can you give us a quick, just brief overview of what is Dangerous Men United? What is this? Well, Dangerous Men United is the nonprofit I started to go with it, uh, with the ministry of Dangerous Men. So, what is Dangerous so, Men? Well, let me tell you. That's okay, a really there good we go. Question, there man. we go. Wow. See, I'm ready. <laughs> you got the next question. <laughs> oh, I got. Well, it. I got why don't I tell you how it started? It's okay, a, it's a, I love this. It's a good story. Uh, I love Sit this back, story. guys. Sit back. Yeah, yeah. So, one day I'm just minding my own business, <laughs> and uh, this gang member in Minneapolis. He's part of the Gangster Disciples, a national gang. gang. Yeah, real, real gang. gang. Wow. Bullets and And drugs he's and dealing everything. drugs in Northtown Mall, and he is drawn to this middle-aged woman sitting on a bench. And he goes over to her and sits next to her, and she leads him to Christ right there. And then he, he goes, he said, this is cool. I, he went and got one of his other gang member friends, and she led them both to Christ. Uh-huh. And he was a treasurer in the gang, for part of the gang. And uh, the next week, he went to get the books that he keeps. And uh, they were in his basement, hidden really well. And they have disappeared. Mm-hmm. I think an angel of the Lord took them. And he had no idea how they disappeared. But they did. So the gang thought he's stealing from them. Mm-hmm. So they put a hit out on him, yeah. say, anybody who sees him, kill him. So he ran away 25 miles west of Minneapolis to my little town, and uh, his aunt lived there. And then he was just like, the, he had this old beater car, and he writes, Jesus saves across the side. And <laughs> he, uh, I think he was 18 at the time, and he got back into high school because he had never finished high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started going to, to my church. And he's getting baptized at a lake outside. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to me when he's getting baptized, saying, I want you to mentor that kid. And I'm thinking, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, At that time, I had a a lot of things going on. uh, And I was mentoring many other young men. But when I've learned that when when the Holy Spirit speaks, I just obey anyway, even though I don't want to. And so I thought, well, obedience, I'll just tell someone at the church who works in the youth group to tell mm-hmm. him if he wants a mentor, he can call me. I, I figured, made it really hard. I figured it wouldn't happen. <laughs> at least I was obedient, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. bare minimum. So within a week, he calls and goes, oh, I've been praying for a mentor. And I go, oh, crap. <laughs> so yeah, okay, we'll start meeting. And we start meeting, and then the first thing I started with him is the steps of freedom of Christ by Neil Anderson, who, which is now on the back of the dangerous men book. Yes. And another kid calls me up one day and said, Hey, I hear you work with young men. Can I come see you? And I go, what do you want? And he goes, well, I just hear you helping young guys. And can I come see you? And I, I, yeah, fine. <laughs> and 
I love this story. He, he, I love this story. Yeah, me too. He ends up coming over. He's, I think he's 15. And he hangs around. And I have another older guy with me, uh, one of the soccer players. I coached him in high school. He's at the U right now or at that time. And the kid looks after he hung around and hung around and never left. You know, it's just like he looks at me and he goes, I'm addicted to pornography. Can you help me or not? <laughs> and I go, oh, man, anybody that honest, I could help. So, yeah, OK, you could join this group. And so then the Holy Spirit was basically told me to pray for these three other four other kids in my church. And uh, so I pray and then they just start calling me. That's the best youth work I've ever done. Yes, yeah, right. I just pray. They call me and say, hey, uh, I heard that you're helping young men with sexual issues. I have sexual issues. And I'm going, I never said that. <laughs> but yes, you could come. Yes. And then three of them came, and the fourth one just never came. It's the only one I actually knew before. Oh, wow. It's Frank's son. Oh, Frank. Yeah. Oh, wow, Frank's son. Anyway, awesome. so he... Uh, I kept praying, and then finally I just felt the Holy Spirit say, he's too shy, you got to go talk to him. So it wasn't hard. He lived. He worked across the street from my office. I walk across the street. I go, hey, uh, do you want to join this? And he goes, oh, yeah, I was just too shy to call you. Mm. So then I went to uh, the, our youth pastor. After You know, I've been meeting with him all summer, and I, and, and I wanted to do something in the church because I was an elder and... I wasn't, I wasn't anymore, so <laughs> my time was up. So I said, I'll volunteer for the youth program. And I have a small group already, because they do small groups. Mm -hmm. And I said, is that okay? And he goes, sure. And so I went to the small group, and then there's 12 kids in there instead of six. And I go, you guys can't be here. This is just for the Steps of Freedom thing. And they go, no, no, we meant to call you. We're all staying. So, <laughs> so then I, uh, the lessons I taught them are things that God had been teaching me. So it's the lessons in the dangerous men right, book. Right. The first and most important is about identity and holy sexuality and spiritual warfare and true forgiveness and on and on. So then they went off to college the next year, some of them, and then they were calling me and going, well, can you give me this lesson and can you give me that lesson? And mm. I just had rough notes. So yeah. I thought, I better write it down. So I'm writing lessons down and sending them off to kids in college, and it dawns on me that uh, maybe I should write this so mm. for more kids could see yeah. it. Yeah. So then I ended, it took me about a year to make it wow. short enough because I figured... To make it short enough? Well, yeah, because guys don't read very much. That's right. <laughs> so That's each right. chapter is like four pages, really. That's right. And it's done in a workbook style. So... You know, you don't have to like read a book. It's more like a workbook, four pages long for every chapter. Yeah. And uh, based on scripture. And then I just put put it on the internet. Mm. And there it went. When was that? Was that 99, 2000? Uh, oh, oh. Gosh, that first, I don't know, the first Maybe, book, maybe. 2002 or something like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my wow. goodness. And now it's gone, well, just in the last few months, it's hit four or five other countries. So, oh my goodness! I got an order this morning for uh, Germany. Oh, ten books to Germany. That's right. Yeah, the shipping costs more than the books, but yeah, but they want <laughs> they want the books and and uh, he wants it in German. He's going to translate it. It's somebody that was came from. Uh, he went to St. Thomas University. 
in Minnesota. Wow. So he went through it there. Oh, he has a great story too. But everybody has a great story. Oh yeah. yeah. So how many? Man. How many roughly? If you have any idea of how many guys have been through dangerous men or? Uh, I think it was like forty-seven thousand okay. or something. Okay, forty-seven thousand. There's a lot I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been translated like in. One kid went through it at a university and then brought it to Indonesia and translated mm-hmm. it into Indonesian, and he uses it. Uh, you know, everybody who comes to Christ for every young man or everybody that comes over to help, they do both men and women. Hmm. And wow. then it's it's in Egyptian Arabic, it's oh in uh, Spanish, and I, I have no ideas on those numbers. My yeah, goodness. I bet that number's going to get harder and harder to track, I bet. Oh, it already time. is, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lot, a lot, I mean, people already tell me, like, I've been through Dangerous Men, and I have no idea that it was wherever they're from. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, and this is probably a big question, but just diving a little bit deeper into Ben's initial question. So a lot of these lessons that you, you taught these young men and eventually put into the book, where did you learn these lessons? God forced me. He forced you to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them I just went kicking and screaming, you know, but... But I, I, it's just through my life is uh-huh. what God has taught me, you know. And there's a time where he just decided to teach me about the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And I come from a tradition that didn't talk about that very much. Right. And uh, and this, well, there was this uh, young man who kept asking for me. He, I think he was 16 or 15 in my community, and he he asked for me so much that his mother looked at my number and called me and said, hey, can we come meet with you? And I said, sure, I mean, uh, why are you calling? You know, She said, well, my son asks for you, like, by name, 50 times a day, that he has to see you. What? And uh, I didn't know the kid, so uh-huh. I thought, well, that's interesting. That has to be God. What were you doing at the time? Uh, what was I doing? You when I got coach? the phone call? No, like, were you a soccer coach? Oh, um, was that, maybe that was after I quit soccer. Okay, I guess. I coached for 14 years in the high school, so might have been after. Gotcha. Very. And, and, and he, uh, so he, they bring him. I said, well, I have company here. Can you come on Monday? They said, yeah, we can come on Monday. Monday, the mom calls and says, Oh, he's been in the hospital all weekend long. He's they don't even let him come home with me. We can't he can't come over. But he, he they let him go home with a friend of mine. So I thought, okay, I just asked God, well, have him ask for me again and have the friend call me. And so within 5 minutes the phone rings and it said, "This is this lady from the next town over." You know, this person is staying with me. He keeps asking for you. Can you come see him? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I'm going there, and I know that this is the Holy Spirit doing the work. Right. And I know he's teaching me something about the spiritual world, but I don't know what. And I get there, and, and the kid gets up off the couch and hugs me, which is weird because he didn't know me. <laughs> and and then the lady goes, I'm going to go grocery shopping. And I'll be back. So she leaves me with him. And I said, hey, uh, is it okay if we pray? You guys, sure. And so I I prayed. I just said, in the name of Jesus, we command 
any enemy of the Lord Jesus, because I didn't want to say demon, mm. uh, to be bound and gagged to silence. And then I said, basically, Can, do you want to pray with me? And he said, well, I've never prayed before. How do you pray? Mm. I said, well, just say, dear God, at the beginning and in the name of Jesus at the end, I'll help you fill in the middle. Yeah. So <laughs> he's same thing, you know, in the name of Jesus, we command any enemy of the Lord Jesus to be bound and gagged to silence. And he goes, well, I'm feeling better. So let's, uh, I, I'm hungry. Uh, there's some food stuff on the stove being warmed up or something. And he uh -huh. eats that and he's talking to me. And the lady comes home with her groceries and she like drops her groceries on the counter. And she goes, what did you do? And I go, uh, you know, I, I guess there's some spiritual interference and we got rid of it. She goes, he has been not, he has not eaten in a month. He has lost 28 pounds. Oh, He's been goodness. behind the couch in his mother's house in a fetal position, sobbing for days on end. All the doctors can't figure out what's wrong with him. And you come here, and he's fine, and he's eating, and he's laughing. Whoa. Where were you when my kids were having trouble? Oh, you know, I'm oh, thinking, my. I knew nothing about that. Wow. So wow. I said, well, I'm going to come back every day, and we'll meet every day and at noon, and then I'll tell you what's happening. And so about Wednesday, that was Monday. So Wednesday, he's ready to just allow Jesus into his life. And then that's a huge story after that. Yeah. So oh that's goodness. part of all that. And there's many of those. So there's part of what God is saying, okay, spiritual world's real. You need to learn to believe the Bible, do the things in the Bible, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'll take care of you. Yeah, and I, I hear that saying from you a lot of times, the like you obey anyway. Yeah. Right? When yeah, you feel yeah. a God nudging you to do something that you obey anyway. How did you come to that conclusion that that w would have to be your mindset whenever you felt like you were having a nudge from the Holy Spirit? Well, you, you get kind of nudges or thoughts, let's say, yeah. there's a thought, and you think it might be the Holy Spirit or it just might be my thought, right? Right. So that's really easy then never to do anything because you could always say, oh, it's just my thought. So I decided if I'm ever going to hear God or figure out what God sounds like to me, I just need to, whenever I feel those, I'm just going to obey it anyway. So in, in doing that, I learned, you know, which one was God, which voice was God's voice and which one was my voice by just, and it was always out of my comfort zone. It was always something I didn't want to do usually. It was right. always, at first, you know, it was. Uh, so it was always a push. Mm. Uh, but I just decided I'm just going to do it. And and the voices that were mine, it wasn't God. I could tell the difference. Well, it was never a bad thing to do. I mean, it always was okay. Right. But the difference was the results. Mm, right. The ones where that yeah. was God's voice was results were amazing. Mm. You know, there are lots of stories about results of just being obedient. So, right. I, you know, it's to obey is better than sacrifice. It's sad yeah. that we don't just obey more, or learn to hear God's voice and obey. Wow. Whoa. Man, that's pretty awesome. Man, Lowell has a lot of stories like that, too. Yeah, he does. Oh, my goodness. And they're so good, too. So good. Sorry, somebody's calling me. Uh-oh. Got to tell them I'm in a meeting. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, Lowell. So what can you tell, again, for the 
the let's say the average folk. The average folk that that, that have never put their hands the on the Bolivar average on a dangerous men <laughs> book beginning the process of lust free living. How do you, in your own words, since you wrote it, I got ways that I sum it up. But how do you, how do you sum it up and say what is what is dangerous men? What what is the oh, it's a discipleship with? program. Okay, it's, well, it's not a program. It's a discipleship process. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. and it kind of I feel like it jumpstarts discipleship. It'll just jumpstart mm-hmm. it because it, it you can't. There's a kid from Alaska that said, it's the only group I've ever been in where vulnerability is not an option. Mm. You have to be vulnerable the first time mm-hmm. you step in the group. Mm. I, I, did you find that, Cole? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I got some funny stories about yeah. that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah we mean, were talking about earlier, right? About yeah. the Lustimonies. Uh, yeah. So my first K-Life small group I ever went to was Lustimonies. When he was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. So it was a dangerous man book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They start yeah. with Lustimonies, we call it. Yeah. It's basically your sexual history. Yeah. And most guys will tell most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah, and they go, oh, everybody struggles with this. Yeah, it's like a light bulb. It's like, yeah. oh, wow. I didn't so know. So I really want it to be used by Christian ministries to get their discipleship going. Yeah, and that's what we that's what we are at K-Life, right? We're a discipleship ministry. Yeah. And it has helped. I think I found it probably in my second year on staff in K-Life. I think, I think that was the year when I learned about it from Levi and talking about it with Bill Walkup here in town and uh, went through it. It was a game changer for. I just went through it with me and and Phil and Joey, a couple of K Life leaders at Joey the time. Conway, Joey Conway, Joey Conway, Phil cool. Sneed, shout out, shout out. And uh, it was a game changer for me. Was, I mean, I was. I mean, this is at the time I'm married. I'm a few years out of college. I'm a couple years into full time ministry, and still really didn't have any good answer to help young men with the problem of lust, and didn't really really have a great handle on myself. Like, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I did, and then I wouldn't, and it was back and forth, but yeah. I didn't have a, a really good handle on how to really, really battle yeah. I, I got to say that we start with lust mm-hmm. and sexual issues because that's the most prominent in-your-face thing that every young man deals with. Mm-hmm. But, it goes but a lot the deeper. whole thing is... Is yeah. discipleship. Yeah, we're looking. It's at not it. just. It's not a purity program. No, no, you no. Know, no it's no, a no, discipleship no. program. Well, That's it's what, not a program. I keep saying that. Yeah, it's yeah, a process. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lifelong process. Yeah, you have a you have a saying about. I've heard you say this. You know, because I've you know I, I tried to use. I mean, for my own self when I was in high school, and then when I'm trying to help other young guys in ministry, go through and use things like every young man's battle and these different these different books and stuff like that, and there'd be something about a you know 80 90 percent success rate or whatever and you have a you have a saying you talk about with your success rate 100 percent failure 100 percent failure rate. Yeah, everybody will <laughs> sin again yeah that's right yeah. everybody will <laughs> sin again so dangerous men but they know how to deal with it take care of it get yourself up and moving again yeah, immediately you get the tools. forgiveness yeah the tool the tools it's basically a tool chest to yeah, because I'm looking at the practical things to do. The chapters mm-hmm. here, right? Identity, sexuality, accountability. We call it we call that fighting partners. Uh, spiritual warfare, sexual temptation, forgiveness, uh, lust is the issue, and sexual healing. And then there's the steps to freedom in Christ. And so, mm-hmm. about half the chapters are dealing with some sort of sexual issue, uh, but that's just because it's top of mind for guys. Almost any guy, just yeah, fourteen to twenty-four, and beyond, it's really yeah top of mind. Oh, and you know, 
porn is the biggest thing that every Gosh. young man struggles with. So the average age to see hardcore porn is like 10. Oh, and, yeah. and they can't even process it. So yeah. by the time they're hitting puberty, you know, it's just super hardcore porn for everybody. And it's sad because then no one talks about it. So we decided, mm -hmm. I decided a long time ago, I'm talking gonna about, talk about it. I'm going to talk about these problems. Well, issues. I told you, we did, you know, Cole and I did a, a breakfast at our church like a year ago. Just a little blurb, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes each. And we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot just, about that. Just yeah. discipleship. We were just talking yeah. about discipleship and what it means. Like, what are we, like, because I've been you know, investing in, if you will, discipling Cole for a few years and he's mm -hmm. discipling other guys. And, and, uh, and we just, as we're sharing, we were sharing our journeys and what we've learned and how the Lord's helped us in the struggle against lust and against porn and, and these different things. And I remember after that men's, that men's breakfast, this is a room of like a hundred men, like the men of the church, you know, a pretty big church in town. And, and it was a pretty common theme to hear from these guys, man, I've never heard those words in church before. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, it's uh, crazy. What's your yeah. story, Cole? <laughs> Tell us the story from you. Uh, oh, the story I was mentioning earlier? Anyone about you and Dangerous Man. Oh, yeah. So the, the one I was mentioning earlier. So I had just moved to Bolivar. Um, and I had met. That's right. I was uh, first one he saw. The first that's person what he told I me. met in Bolivar <laughs> was Ben Salmon. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to keep playing that card for a while now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we had a D now. I met some guys my age. Um, and then when we finally moved over, I started going to K Life and got to see those guys again. I don't remember their names, just remember their faces. And so I meet for the first K Life small group leaders. I got Manny Euphoria Boa mm -hmm. and Jacob Ali. Shout out, a couple Manny legends. And Jacob. And they sat down, they're like, okay, guys, here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing Dangerous Men. They kind of explained it. They did a little explanation of it. Because like, what you probably didn't know is Jacob and Manny just went through it like the year before. I did semester, not know the that. The semester before. Yeah. So yeah. I went through it, and then I had our leaders go through it. And then after it, kind of, we'd kind of gone through it ourselves, then we passed it on to and said, hey, if you got high school guys that are ready and committed, let's let's do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know Carry that. Carry on. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean so, to interrupt. No, good. They <laughs> they share what it is. I'm like, okay, awesome. I can relate. This is great. Um, but then after that, they're like, okay, so today, you know, we're not going to dive into the content yet. But today, we're just going to do lustimonies. And they're like, so we're just going to go around. Um, you know, me and we're gonna sh we're gonna start. The leaders will, and then uh, we'll just kick it off to you guys. And then each one of us are going to share, you know, our our past and history with like sexual issues. And I'm like what <laughs> i thought this what was a I bible study into? i'm like no we're not no, like we're not. <laughs> i don't even know these guys names i'm not cult? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um you know it was awesome seeing the leaders start and just seeing how in-depth they went they really set such a great example and we ended up going around and i think i was like the second student to go <laughs> i think i was just ready to get it over Straight with right out of yeah, stl yeah. And <laughs> and uh but it was really special for a lot of reasons i think um just leaving that first small group, I was immediately closer to all those guys than I was with anyone I knew back in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. And I had been in St. Louis for six plus years, yeah. had friends that it was really hard for me to leave because I thought, well, you know, we were so close. How am I going to find these friends again? Mm. And uh, immediately I'm closer with these, with these guys. And I just met like, just, you know, figured out their names yeah. the same day. You know. That's what happens Ooh. when you get vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! And uh, and honestly, the connection I felt with the leaders too was really different too. That like I, I can relate to them. I understand that they struggle with the same things that I do, 
and it made me want to listen to them. Yeah. Mm. You know? Cool. Um, wow. Which I had been in, I've been in church my whole life um, and been in so many different small groups. And, uh, but that was the first time that I really like almost looked up to the leaders in like a little bit of a different way yeah. that they were willing to share that. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, they're willing to walk in the vulnerability. Yeah. And so that set the tone for the rest of my high school years in K life. Even when we weren't doing DM, we're doing just Mm -hmm. a traditional Bible study or we're talking about the gospel or this or that. Like I want to hear what these leaders are saying because I just have built such a respect for them already. Um, and I think it was awesome that we, I started dangerous men as well, because just like we were talking before, it does talk about sexual issues, but the, the, truths that it shows in there and the, the tools that you learn in it can be used for everything yeah you know i mean there's some there's some key just uh tools that you learn in there about taking thoughts captive uh identifying lies um just listening to the holy spirit some of the general ones that i feel like are really often neglected um in churches and in, in casual uh, small groups um and so i think that's something that it reveals it and it teaches you it, but it teaches it in such a practical way where everyone is struggling that I think is how it's so effective. Yeah. Would you agree with that? That those. Yeah, I, that, I try to make it super practical. Mm. Well, because I was a guy. Mm. <laughs> or a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, yeah, we had, I've had 32 foster teenage boys. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my wife and I. And, and, you know, like, and I help out at, it's like a K life, a young life, and, right, 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 and all these things. And my heart has always been to help young men, and and this is always the biggest issue. So I might as well put it in a biblical context. So you know, like you said, how do you actually take a thought captive in obedience to Christ? How do you actually get rid of a lie or recognize lies in your mind? And where is the spiritual battle and mm. all that kind of stuff? So it was just. I've learned it practical for me, and I wanted to share it with others. Yeah, I think, Cole, what you're describing is, is a, what, what Lowell said earlier, what Dangerous Men is really about. It's a kickstart to discipleship. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody's once said, I think I've described it like this, this you know, for, for the, the Bible nerds out there, I go, this isn't the best Bible study. It just makes all your other Bible studies better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. It okay. is a good Bible study. There's tons of scripture in there, but it's not your traditional, like, you know, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it's definitely it, definitely not the traditional Bible study. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, um, so, so dangerous men help just again to help the, to kind of uh, explain what we're talking about. Dangerous men is the book that you wrote. Uh, wrote. There's eight chapters in it, and there's leader guides and all sorts of materials and yep. helpful tools. But in the back of the book, like you mentioned, is the steps to freedom in Christ. Yeah. Could you kind of uh, and that's why you're here in Bolivar this weekend is to yeah. lead. A bunch of guys from SBU that have been in dangerous men groups all Come semester on, uh, through on a retreat uh, through the steps to freedom in Christ. So yeah. could you kind of help us understand the, the relationship between the dangerous men and steps sure. to freedom and what the steps to freedom sure. is? The, well, the steps to freedom in Christ is written by Neil T. Anderson. and Dr. Neil T. Anderson. Oh, <laughs> probably can't many forget doctors. that. <laughs> uh, you know, he just gave it to me. He said, yeah, you could use it. Oh, and man, What a generous man. Yeah, and uh, the book... I. I say the book is the information, the steps of freedom of Christ is the power to live it out. Yeah. So basically mm-hmm. it is a spiritual moral inventory of your whole life. Whoa. So you could go as deep as you want or as shallow as you want yeah. if you're kind of mm-hmm. wussy. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you want to, 
you can go pretty deep in that spiritual and emotional and uh, all the way across uh, through the the steps called the steps of freedom. Wow. So that's what I do that uh, in a weekend retreat kind of get them. I try to get them away from schools usually mm-hmm. or towns or we go away. And I, and once I could get them through the steps of freedom there, I mean, they are way more free. I guess that's why they call it steps. Free. Hey, come on. <laughs> and, and then, you know, they could lead it themselves so they can move on or they keep growing. Uh, so that, that's the big part of it. Cole, what is the, what's a, you've been to one or two steps retreats before, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been through the steps. Cole went to the down. dangerous leadership in Colorado. Oh, too. that's right. Yeah. 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 Twice. Dangerous leadership. Twice. Tell us about that. Tell, what, tell us about, tell them about that. Yeah, what's so, dangerous uh, leadership? Dangerous uh, leadership retreats in Colorado in the right. mountains. In the mountains. It's, it's not a retreat. It's yeah. training. It's training. Oh, right. It's training. Come on. Training. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a whole uh, lot of fun, apparently. It, it's a lot of it fun. It feels like a retreat, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's training uh, for people who uh, have a desire to lead dangerous men groups or have been leading dangerous men groups um, and kind of prepares them to go out um, and do that and have the tools that they need um, to teach other people. And so, um, so it's kind of like training disciples to make disciples. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that before. <laughs> well, and it, besides, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I have a thing about ministry. Yeah. I've probably told you. Oh yes, it, it, it's like give us a one-liner. Yeah, <laughs> do what you enjoy and invite other people into it. Yeah, that's right. So we're in the mountains because I like the mountains, and sure. we do a day in jeeps, and I like jeeps. You like jeeps? Yeah, You're wearing a hat oh, with yeah. a jeep on it right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know stuff like that. Uh, then you don't burn out in ministry. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so. Cole, this guy, I don't know if I've told you this, but uh, for the first, I don't know, two, three, four years, pretty much every year, uh, at some point, um, Lowell's asking, when's the last time you had a vacation? Or when's the last time you got away mm. with Stevie? Or uh, yeah. um, Because this is a guy that's been doing ministry in some sorts, like in with discipling and, and not, not just like easy, cush-type ministry either oh, no. <laughs> for a long time. Probably longer than I've been alive. Uh, Probably so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and as you can tell, he's here. He's not burnt out yet. And I think that's a it's a buzzword around around the world, not just in ministry nowadays. That burnout word. Um, and so, would you? Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add on like how to not burn out? I know this is just a hard left turn. We're talking about dangerous men and stuff. I like it. But I you like brought this. it up. So sorry. Because uh, <laughs> I w- I want to make sure I am thirty one. I've been. You know, following Jesus for a little bit now, and I've been a part of K Life, you know, in some capacity for about thirteen years as a volunteer and then on staff. Yeah. And I want to make sure I don't burn out. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the this is really a left turn. Okay. <laughs> Quick left turn. <laughs> but uh, when you, when we learn to live out of our true identity in Christ, mm-hmm. and and what He chapter gives us, one and at the beginning. But it's much deeper than chapter one. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like um, when we learn the true our, our true identity in Christ and who we are and how He's made us and what He's created us to do, mm. and we live without fear, we just trust Him, and it's really more fun. And mm. then the work becomes fun. Mm. As long as we do this, the things He already taught us, take the Sabbath off and have it a real Sabbath. 
take, you know, I take, uh, I try to take once every three months, once a quarter to get away for at least a week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like I need the rest in order to get excited again, to hear God better, to be away from all the noise, I guess. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I have to have that, but most of it is when we truly understand to live out of who we are in Christ. Um, okay, so this is a little bit of maybe personal revealing for me. What? Wh- how have you ever had these kind of feelings of... Um, and maybe again, it's just insecurity in me or just uh, me trying to be a Superman or a hero or something like that, right? Like it feels like, you know, and I run across a lot of people in ministry that like, I can't get away, you know, people need me or I've got responsibility. Yeah, but that's I, just a big lie. It's just a big lie. Of course you can get away. Of course you can. Schedule it. That's why I tell you too. I know. Schedule it. Schedule your time off. Hey, Stevie off. and I are going you, to South Carolina next month. That's awesome. It's on the schedule. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, you just schedule it and schedule around it. And, you know, schedule your, well, keep your Sabbath holy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you don't have to be That's legalistic. For us. Well, you don't mm-hmm. have to be legalistic. You just have to have a day of rest, right. you know, where you could be away and just be fun with your family or something. Yeah. Do you Sabbath on Sundays or Saturdays? Or basically it's... Usually Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. What was like a low seesaw Sabbath look like? <laughs> mm. I th- I think it can vary. Yeah. But one, I don't. I try not to do any work. I I stay away from digital stuff. Mm. Mostly, you know, that's something super important. I'm not legalistic about it. Right. But I to relax and to hear God. I spent, but I spend mornings praying. Uh, you know, because I'm old and I wake up early and <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a latte and sit in my chair and do a lot of praying then. Mm-hmm. So, so I have this mini Sabbath maybe each day of the week. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, basically get away and rest. Is Sunday when you have uh, your older group over? I know you have a lot of people no, over. That, that, I have that Thursday night. Oh, Thursday. Well, Thursday day. They all have flexible schedule. So my... Basically, my real church is my group of men that I've been meeting with for 20 years. Oh, wow. That we share our life together and pray with, pray through stuff. So, 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 share, share so that's life, really yeah. my church, you know. Yeah. yeah. So on that Sabbath, uh, what do you have to say to the person that when you say spend the morning praying, they, they think that sounds exhausting? I feel like there's this idea, too, of... Uh, spending extended periods of time with the Lord, especially in, in prayer, like it's really easy to have a short prayer, but the idea of spending your morning oh, like see, praying. I think it's the wrong idea of prayer. Right. Here's the problem. It's, okay. it's kind of like prayer. Prayer is like you, you, you want to see the wisest man in the world, and he lives on top of this mountain, and you spend all day climbing up to spend time with the wisest man and then all you do is talk to him the whole time and then you climb back down it's like Ooh. that's how we treat god Ooh. we, we Ooh. just talk him the whole time watch out right <laughs> we gotta tell god what to do and what we need and right right, right. what issues we got mm. everything he already knows uh. why are we talking i mean mm. I, I also i have another book several uh, but one's the 10 rules for spiritual warriors oh yeah i got that and one. in that book I have a little chapter on there's no power in prayer. 
Oh, provocative title. One more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No power in prayer. No power in prayer. Because, uh, see, the power is in Jesus. Oh, it isn't in the communication. Tweet that. Mm. Yeah, it's not in the communication. So we say, oh, there's power in prayer. But what kind of prayer? And, 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 you know, is your motives right in that prayer? And are the other, you know, does it line up biblically in our prayers? Mm. Or are we just talking to God, telling him what to do and what we want him to do? Mm. Well, that's exhausting. Yep. You know, that would be exhausting. So, I mean, prayer is really confession, Mm -hmm. praise, thankfulness, and seeing what he has to say to you. Yeah. No, that's... that's, And learning to listen. That exactly answers And that's refreshing Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that flushes that out really well. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, Lowell, you came down last year um, to lead some SBU guys in a freedom retreat again, and you and you did a separate retreat just for our K-Life guys, some high school and yeah. college guys about uh, how to listen to the Holy Spirit. What do we call that? Walking with the ghost or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's uh, what I call it. Um, and in, in that, I thought it was, um, it was really helpful. I mean, it was helpful for me. It was helpful for our guys just to – to begin this process of learning how to listen. I think all of our training in prayer has just been taught us about like talk to God. Right? You read you read God, you know, especially if, if you if you're around some church circles, it's like God's only going to speak through his word, right? Cuz that's all that's mm-hmm. you know, so like yeah. uh, here, I uh, screw up people's theology. Okay, right come here. on. Screw it up. <laughs> the Bible is all true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not all truth. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, one more time. Say it again. That, well, that's just from Jesus. The he Bible. said the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. There we go. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. Jesus says it, it's got to be true. I mean, so if we the Bible, the Bible. Bible's all, <laughs> the Bible's all true. We can believe Amen. it. Amen. And it's deeper and and bigger and more oh, developed than anything gosh. you could possibly ever read. Wonderful. But... It's not all truth because the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Life keeps going after the Bible. It doesn't yeah. contradict truth. Yeah, right, right, right. It's still truth, mm-hmm. but the Holy Spirit still leads us. Whoa. Whoa. Bingo. So, all right. So, if we're on this, since to make sure we're not confusing here, how do you, um, how do you make sure, right, or, or try to make sure that this Holy Spirit guiding you or leading you or into what you would call, I wouldn't call it your truth, but you feel like there's it's not some, my truth. It's, it's, yeah. There's some truth, right? That's not like written on the page of scripture. How do you make sure that that's actually truth uh, versus just uh, what well, today? Uh, our, our problem today is, well, our culture, culture issues. Mm. A long time ago, Francis Schaeffer, have you ever read any uh, of his I've, stuff? I've heard of Francis Schaeffer. He was a big hero of mine. And uh, he w- we was talking then, uh, in the 70s probably, about how our culture is moving away from from truth. Mm. you know. And so mm-hmm. it's totally that way now. Oh, yeah. So we have to make a distinction between truth and true, what's true and truth. Because people now say, well... If there is no moral absolutes anymore, and everything is relative, so that if I feel like I'm really more of a woman than a man, but I'm born a man, it's true. It's my truth. Right, right, right. But I'm making up my own truth. So it's not true. It might be your truth, but it's not true. So our distinction in our world today has to be, uh, are these things true? And so if we go back to even truth and lies... 
or mm-hmm. fighting spiritually or any of that. It's, it's like uh, we, the truth will set us free. Mm-hmm. What Jesus says is true is this is our, and what scripture talks about, this is our truth that will set us free. So I don't know if that answers anything, but. Hmm. So, I mean, it's still the, uh, the, the saying, I mean, I think we get this from, from the scriptures, right? To test the spirits, right? Yeah. When you feel like that, you said like a nudge or a lot along uh, a minute ago, like you feel like you get a nudge or a feeling in prayer, yeah. a thought of like, I should go do this. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's the tacos. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> um, you obey anyways. Yeah. Some simple, I guess, guidelines would be, does it, is it sinful? Or is it well, of course. Sin? I mean, those uh, are definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, you'd have an obvious uh, filter there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if it's not sinful and it's not harmful, it's building people up. Test it. Try it out. As well, you do say, it. obey anyways. O- obey it. It's obey like, anyways. go talk to that person over there about Jesus. Oh, I wonder if that's the Holy Spirit or not. Yeah, just go do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe it was just my thought, so we don't do it. But to me, it's like no. Yeah. You get the thought. It might be the Holy Spirit. Go do it and find out. And, and we have tons of cool God stories that has happened because yeah. people obey. Yeah. Why do you think following the Holy Spirit, following the Lord, has been like reduced to only finding those commands in the Bible? I don't know. I, th- I think, I don't know why. I know it's not scriptural, mm-hmm. according to Jesus, at least. Yeah. And I think we could probably take his word for it. I think, that's, I think that's a good point. Do you think there's any... I think it's easier. It's much yeah. easier to follow rules than it is to walk in God's Spirit. And have a relationship. Yeah, and have that yeah. relationship oh, with His Holy man. Spirit. That's that's way easier. Mm-hmm. You know... Uh, control. We try to control Yeah, everything. we get black and white. We put yeah. God in boxes oh, so man. He's controllable for us. Well, but don't make me uncomfortable, God. Yeah. Oh, God yeah. is not safe. I could, we could tell it right now. This God of ours is not safe. Yeah. He will get us out of our comfort zone. He will Whoa. ask us to do things that w- that we first have fear, mm. and as soon as the fear pops up, you know that that's you're not walking in your true identity because what you know. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind. Mm. You know, the fear, uh, anxiety. Well, I love the Babylon Bee. Oh, you know, yeah. during the pandemic, right, right. There was the, some of their things were like, Bible scholars agree. When Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything, doesn't mean in a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, we have to face that. If we're super anxious about getting a disease, there's something wrong with our thinking and our theology and or is the Bible true or not true? Or mm. okay, well we don't really believe it if it's a pandemic. Right, right. We only believe Whoa. it when it's safe. You know, yeah. so this God is not safe. He'll have us What's that what's that famous line from, from Narnia with C. S. Lewis? Know. Oh when they ask about they ask about Aslan, right? And and I think it was uh one of the one of the kiddos I'm messing up, Lucy or something ask. Well, is he safe? Talking about the Aslan, right? The Jesus character in the in the in the book, uh-huh. and and the response is, "Oh, he's not safe. 
but he is good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm reading a book right now uh, called Dangerous Jesus, and that's the same. Hey, shout out K to the second letter. Shout out, shout out to KB. I'm borrowing the book from Campbell. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, because we've taken I, – I, you got places to go. you got things to do. But I wanted to do like, – to circle back to the Dangerous Men book because I just think it's so – you're here, and I, I just love it. It's, it's made a big difference on me. It's impacted – I mean, we've we've done probably hundreds of guys just in K life here, yeah. full K life, uh, between leaders and students, and even uh, some of adult mentors that are leading some groups and all this stuff. I just wanted to go around the horn with the three of us and like uh, a nugget or something that you can that you one of your favorite things from the chapters, like mm. uh, something that stands out, a principle, a lesson, um, key verse for, that's in there. Um, does that make sense? Do you have Do you have a favorite lull since you wrote it all? And you, uh, <laughs> I think it's all really good. You think it's all really good? <laughs> do you want to go first or last? Because you got to well, you got to pick. I, I I think uh, one one of the times when I was confessing something to God, probably lust, uh, and and you know I was saying I'm all I'm shameful. I you know it's again, and I'm mm. confessing I've been so sinful again. And and the Holy Spirit just would directly spoke and he said, What do you mean again? Mm, I love that part. And I go, Oh yeah. If the Bible's true, he says he will forgive and forget. He separates my sin as far as the east is from the mm-hmm. west. Yeah. He'll remember it no more. I guess to me it's again, but to Jesus, it's like the first time I've screwed up. Right, that, that, it's like, wait a minute, he creates just what it says sinless washed white as snow it's mm. all this stuff we don't really believe that's oh, our problem yeah. we yeah. don't believe the, the so scripture true. That's so true. yeah mm. and then we sit in shame because the other favorite part is that shame brings us always brings us away from god and guilt brings us toward god mm-hmm. where guilt there's a cure jesus death and resurrection mm. shame there's no cure so shame is i'm a screw up guilt is I screwed up, and there's right. a cure for this. Mm. Oh, and the other favorite part is getting my theology right on forgiveness. Oh, I have a lot yeah. of favorite parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us how. Tell us I like. Well, it, going, it's like going. don't you don't have to ask for forgiveness. Oh, tell us more. What do you mean you don't have to ask for forgiveness? <laughs> oh, I always thought you had take. to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, you you accept forgiveness that it's already there. When did Jesus die? Two thousand years ago. When did he forgive our sins? Two thousand years ago. All our sins are future to him. Whoa. We don't ask and, and then he's going, Well, let me think about it. No. Mm-hmm. It's already there. It's already a free gift. He says it in all the way through the New Testament. It's a free gift. There's nothing you could do. Paul talks about right. it a lot. And we don't believe it. Oh man. That's the Gosh, again. Yeah. No, we accept forgiveness that's already there. It and it changes our whole perspective of how we look at it because we're we're free in christ oh and amen one last statement okay <laughs> I, well i'll wait to the end you guys okay all right cole okay. what's yours yeah i got you okay. um man those are all so good up, those so are also good one you don't say I'll be um ready. this kind of goes back a little bit to the story i shared because i think the it was such a um something i've you know, learned over the last you know year or so is being able to look at that time in my life and see how much God worked in that in that moment. You talking about like small first time going first through DM? time small group, okay. yeah. yeah, and uh, and God taking me uh, from St. Louis into Bolivar, something I did not want to do at all at the time, mm. and it was like 
something I had really negative feelings towards mm. and even like questioning God a little bit. Like, why sure, would you do this? Sure. But being able to see hindsight, God's faithfulness in it, you know, and it just helps me, you know, trust the Lord even more going forward now. And a lot of that is because of my relationships with people and the way that uh, a true um, like vulnerability, um, how much that blesses a relationship. You know, and that has probably been one of the biggest things I've learned from the book is um, with friendships, with leaders, with people close to you, um, even my fiance now. Right. Shout out to Megan. Shout out to Megan. It's all about like um, how there's so much um, there's peace, there's joy, but there's like comfort in in vulnerability, you know, Mm. and uh, which is the exact opposite of what we believe because you're real. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Fully, yeah. Which, which is the exact opposite of what we, we think is going to happen. We yeah. think we're going to tell them, oh, they're going to run away. They're not going to want to hear this. They're going to be surprised. They're going to think mm. I'm disgusting, this and that. Yeah. But it's the exact opposite of what we think. It's like, oh, wait, they they accept me, right? They comfort me, right? They they trust me. It's almost like James 5.16. Uh-huh. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you could be healed. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's for healing. Exactly. It's prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective mm-hmm. ah, dang bible's dang, true again dang. Oh. <laughs> wow so it wasn't even the a particular lesson or anything is it was just the the vulnerability of the relationships in going through dm well yeah and to lean on that just the um you know there's a chapter in there about accountability right, and right. you alluded to it in the, in the fighting partners All right. and that's the main avenue that i think i'm you know, sharing oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the DM is the uh, the accountability and how it's not a, you guys are each other's cops trying to catch each other. Right, like, right, uh, right, right. That's not what the heart is at all. It's about like, okay, we're, we're both going to partner together in pursuing holiness. We're going to fight. Right? Yeah. yeah. Fight we're partnering together. together. We're fighting together. And that's got to go hand in hand with the spiritual warfare chapter about fighting spiritually mm-hmm. first. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. And not just going to physical fighting and defensive yeah there has to be an offense and not just a defense for Uh for sexual stuff we think the defenses are work they don't work yeah we have to have the offense in our mind and our spirit yeah i mean filters and and like curfews and these things are good good. use them do them all but know that that's not offensive if you want to know what it means to fight offensively get the book dangerous men all right mine is wait i gotta give mine i gotta give dmu.org dmu.org i gotta get that out put that in the put that in the show notes hey that's really easy actually just dmu.org oh stands for dangerous men united don't forget okay here Here's my. I'll do mine from chapter one because this is a big. This is a big one. Um, some people don't don't love it the best, but I just think it's still. Once I had my first kid, Malachi, it definitely shifted the perspective for me. And the concept in, in chapter one is on identity, and you have this you have this part in there where you try to say sometimes things get too familiar, right? And we we can sing about being a child of God or even a son of God, uh, but you rephrase it and and you say. Um, I'm God's boy. And, you know, me being 31, you being a little bit older, we'll just say more than 40, uh, um, <laughs> you still say that to yourself, and I still say that to myself, that I'm God's boy. And it, it, was a, it was a mindset shift for me to realize that even though as I grow in adulthood, right, and my relationship with my earthly father becomes more like a, like a friendship, like a man-to-man sort of thing, yeah. My relationship with my heavenly Father, uh, he, he never moves past that that tender, gentle, fatherly affection for yeah. me, 
and 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 the saying in there, right? That's that's the saying that's on my shirt right now is to be a, a man to men, a warrior to demon, and always God's boy. Yeah. A man to men, a warrior to demons, and always God's boy. Uh, and I just find that that concept very helpful. And I mean, you've got all the Bible verses in there that uh, tons of Bible verses in chapter one uh, to kind of go through and see that in scripture. But I just I think that was one thing that definitely sticks with me. All right, you got the last word, Lowell. Let's hear it. Okay, the last word is, why did Jesus set us free? Why did Jesus set us free? Mm -hmm. It is for freedom that Jesus set us free. So why did Jesus set us free? For freedom. For freedom. To be free. To be free. (laughs) Not to serve him, not to do something, not to go to church, not to read the Bible, not. He set us free Mm -hmm. for freedom's sake because he wants free men. Whoa. And free men want to serve him. Whoa. You guys can think about that one for a second. (laughs) This has been definitely for the good of the body. For the good of the body. Be a man to men. A warrior demons. And always God's a boy. Come on. See ya. All right, give it up one time for the one and only Lowell Seashore. (laughs)